It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, where to begin? We've not been gone long, but it's all been going off. Chaos in Napoli. Uh, people being more upset about trees being chopped down than necks in the northeast. There is a lot to be talking about. As always, my name is Rory. Welcome to the Anglo Italian Pod. And I'm joined by my very good friend, Adam. Hey, Rory. It's certainly been the eventful kind of scene, should we say, in Italy and especially Serie A. We kind of had the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot of all three when we discuss mm. this week's pod. But more importantly, mate, how are you doing? I am pretty good. Um, yeah, class is kicking off fully, but my, I walked into work today and my boss was like, oh, do you know that class mm. late on a Friday tomorrow is cancelled? I was like, oh, yeah, it's getting. So I've got Friday off. Um, I'm working Saturday morning, but I'm ignoring that for now. <laughs> Friday off. So a nice little bonus. Um, how are you doing, man? You good? Yeah, keeping well. Uh, been a very long day. I've been in London and commuting back as well. So yeah, very long day. But I do look forward to the weekends. Get to see my beloved Wickham Wanderers and take the boy again. <laughs> so it'll be... Uh, he doesn't know too much about it. He's just under the impression that I might be taking him this weekend. So I uh, nice. yeah, cannot wait to see his little face when we turn up at Adams Park. But yes, Rory we should dive into Serie A because not only have we got the awesome end story, but we've got a lot of fixtures that did take place. Uh, we've got Leicester versus Juventus <laughs> to cover. We've got Inter losing for the very first time in the league. And then, yeah, Milan back to winning ways against Calgary. But um, that's only a summary of some of the games, isn't it? Because there's been some hatful of uh, amazing goals along the way as well. There really has a lot of teams getting up, picking up key points and, of course, keeping us entertained through the week. We are also going to be talking Carabao Cup action, of course, with a few headlines there. Um, and then, of course, we will finish with my turn to take on the Mastermind quiz. Exciting times. But, guys, we are going to take a very short break and we will see you on the other side. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ciao, benvenuti, come stai? Welcome to the Serie A section where unfortunately we have to start with off the field antics when it all, within 0.5 seconds, Napoli went from everyone's second favourite team to everybody's second most hated team behind Juventus, of course, as always. Um, as the TikTok admin person, unless you've been living under a rock, you know what we're mm. going to be discussing. The TikTok admin decides to set fire 
to what was left of the legacy of Napoli's Scudetto win. Um, De Laurentiis has done his best to set fire to most of it, but the uh, the admins made sure to just finish it off. So if I'm sure you've all seen the videos. I don't. If we just talk about the videos themselves and then the reaction, sure. the first one is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like I, regular listeners will know. I know nothing about TikTok. I don't use it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the trends are on it. I know that you use audio from somewhere else and put it to something yeah. else, and that's kind of a thing. <clears throat> and that's what they did there. Like this boy complaining or a little high pitched voice complaining about something. The one that really upset people obviously mm-hmm. more was the one with the term coconut which is a fairly well-known racist term yep. um used towards people and adam what were your first reactions when you saw the video because at first i just mm. couldn't quite comprehend what i was seeing yeah i'm very much like you i was i suppose taken aback by how naive they could have been like not reading the room mm. in terms of if we put this out, what kind of reaction are we anticipating? And um, whilst this TikTok guy or social media guy at Napoli has got a bit of a history, not just mm-hmm. at poking fun at Osimhen, but obviously at other players and doing these radical kind of TikTok, um, I, I, it's just strange that this kind of, there wasn't a kind of concept of, there could be some misconceptions connotations if this is shown to the world wide web and you know people of all different nations can see this being portrayed and it it doesn't help with that perception of italians being kind of considered as like being naive to the racist elements of stuff and obviously reaction we we will talk about i'm sure rory Mm -hmm. um but also just from an Italian point of view as well, the kind of um, perception that this is somehow acceptable and, you know, it's just poking Mm. fun and, you know, they didn't mean it in that way. And obviously we'll talk about also the statement that has come out this evening as well and not really being an apologetic one. Mm. Um, Yeah. But it it was bizarre. It was bizarre. Like you could. It was really, and I think you kind of, you, you hit the nail on the head with, I don't know what reaction they wanted or what reaction they expected because, I think, it, obviously, we've seen football clubs banter other teams. Yeah. Not even other players, but other teams yeah, like, I don't know, Brighton's admin. If you lose to them, they just absolutely oh, rinse you the next Wolves week. Wolves did it classically yeah. with Forrest. The Wolves right? admin have done it yeah. really well. And like we love that. If you know what yeah. I mean, it's like keeps the, the banter and the rivalry between teams. But I don't understand what what possible reason you would have for picking on any player that plays for your team mm. Beyond anything, just a, a nameless employee of yeah, your exactly. of your company, why you would do that? So I don't know what the what the reaction was they expected or wanted, and then you get to the point that it was incredibly, it was just incredibly lazy racism, mm-hmm. and yeah, the the reaction has been in Italy exactly what I expected. Now, I'm, I, yeah, what I'm about to say might upset some Italians, but I've lived here for six years now. And I find that whenever I meet a person, usually a bloke, because usually it's blokes, a timer is started, right? And you don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know if it's going to be within an hour, within six years, within a month. A timer is started, and at some point they will say something racist. Mm. At some point they will say something that is either aggressively racist or 
that kind of ignorant racist, right? And both are as bad as each other, right? But every Italian person I've met, or nearly every Italian person I've met, this has happened. Right. And I think what what happens when these incidents occur is, and it's what's happened with this um, journalist, and we're going to try to say what she says as well, is, oh, but it was a joke. Why are you taking it so seriously? Mm. Like, and they shift the blame onto the person of like, well, no, but if you take it seriously, that's not my fault. That's not how I meant it. And it's yeah. like the victim blaming kind of thing. And this is the reaction that I've seen in general in Italy. Now, I do also have to say, a lot of people have been rightfully shocked. Mm. A lot of people said, this is disgusting. A lot of Napoli fans have come out and said, what the hell is going yeah. on? But I think maybe the focus is more on the fact that they've done it to their own player yeah. than the fact of it being racist. I think the focus has maybe shifted more towards why would you do it to your own player, not mm. why would you say something racist. So that's the general vibe and reaction I've got from it. Obviously, the reaction internationally has been much more severe. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one thing I wanted to say on that as well. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and online who want Ossiman to play for their club, of course, who have now decided that this was Napoli fans who did this and Napoli fans are chasing them out of the club and Napoli fans are being racist and Napoli fans... Like, look, we all know there's racist incidents in the crowd in every stadium in Italy. I'm not saying Napoli fans are saints. I'm not saying any fans are saints, but I'm saying in this particular case, this is not Napoli fans. This is one bloke or one person who's tweeted these videos, who's posted these videos and caused this reaction. I feel like Napoli fans are getting tarred with that brush and I don't Mm, think it's fair. So I think also Neapolitans and Napoli fans get battered a lot Mm -hmm. for things that other clubs do. But because it's Napoli, it's easier to kick them. So I think it's something I've been quite aware of and something that's annoyed me i don't know how you feel about that i feel like i've been talking yeah yeah massively i i agree with you because (laughs) the irony was i saw a lot of chelsea fans have a dig Mm. at napoli fans and i was like yeah it's almost like talking to water you you've got a history of uh something very similar to an extent um to a to a large extent yeah, yeah exactly you've got a history of it as well um but yeah i i it was disappointing that Napoli fans have been kind of tarnished under this kind of action. But I think it also alludes to the fact that Napoli as a club haven't done enough to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, dismiss this behaviour. They haven't acted yeah. swiftly. De Laurentiis, again, in typical fashion, hasn't really apologised. And although he says, you know, we rejected a huge bid for you. That shows you why we kind of consider you as part of the furniture. You know, you are part of our team. This is why we wouldn't want to let you go. But I think this whole episode is just going to end in tatters, Rory. It Mm -hmm. feels like inevitably he'll probably ask for a transfer and they'll probably get less than they probably anticipated. I know De Laurentiis is a very hard line, but you're going to have a player there who just will say, listen, I will play on until I get transferred, but Mm. I will want to leave. You've got to let me leave. Well, let's look at the statement itself. Mm. I'll just read the statement as it is, and then we can kind of say what our issues are with it and how Mm. we think Osman should react. But Calcio Napoli, wishing to avoid any exploitation of the issue, point out that we never wanted to offend or mock Victor Osman, who is a treasure of this club. 
As proof of that, during the summer, as you said, training retreat, um, the club firmly rebuffed every offer that every offer that was received for the strikers' transfer abroad. Social media, in particular TikTok, has always been you has always used an expressive form of language with a light heart and creativity, without wanting to, as in the case of Osman as protagonist, have any intention of insult or derision. In any case, if Victor perceived any offence towards him, this was not what the club intended now my biggest issue is when i have students in class and they do something wrong yeah and if they say i'm sorry if that's not an apology Mm. it's not an apology you say i'm sorry that because you're accepting that you've done something wrong now they didn't even say i'm sorry here there wasn't even the word apology we would like to apologize but they're saying if he he perceived right his perception not what we've said if his perception is that this is an upsetting thing then okay fine like there's not actually that apology there and again shifting it onto well it's his problem because he perceived it as a negative thing um i think it's very emblematic of de laurentis and football authorities in general i'm not even just going to say italian football at this point Mm -hmm. because let's not pretend that like English football or or any other FA has done anything to battle racism or anything, but um, it's very emblematic of the problem and what you'd expect. Mm -hmm. But for Victor Osserman, yeah, I think he has to be looking at the exit door now, really. I think it's all but confirmed that he's looking at the exit door. This is going to cost them financially. Um, The the interesting thing is if he takes them to court, which it looks like he's going to do, it could be a breach of contract. And therefore, he leaves on a free, um, and they get no money because yep. the club have well, the club have breached the contract. So then he goes to wherever. For free. Imagine the signing on fee for that lad. Um, yeah. He goes wherever for absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point, like Napoli fans are ready. They're already pretty sick of De Laurentiis. They like yeah. you know you've won a, a scudetto, but they've never really liked him. The even though he's and we've talked about it before, he took them yeah. from Serie D to Serie A, and it's this fairy tale story yeah, that won Scudetto. Yeah, yeah. But the whole time, there's never been that love. There's never been that no. connection. He's not from Naples. He's from Rome, and there's never been that. He's never tried to endear himself to the fans. So there's never been, and this just kind of feels like one of maybe a last straw. Like that, there could be protests. There could be kind of, and when the ultras there protest, you're going to know about it. Yeah, right? it's not going to be quiet. So I think it's it'll be interesting to see where this where this goes. Um, yeah, as I said in the intro, any legacy of the Scudetto is now it's gone. gone. Now, right? Yeah, massively. I, I think it's burned through different aspects as well. It's not just this incident, but obviously yeah, it's just the whole dealing with it. It's just so frustrating because you, you saw last season, you're thinking, don't dismantle this. Don't yeah. don't, kill don't let off. it fall apart. Don't yeah, let yeah. it happen. And for some stupid reason, like you say, De Laurentiis has his ego. This bloody ego gets in the way of things. And it's ruining what should be a special moment for the club's history, you know, winning this for the very first time. They created, you know, players into icons there as well. Faradskelia, you know, the murals of Osimen, Osimen being surrounded by Napoli's fans. And, you know, you know, they've taken him to his heart, you know, they've made the masks, you know, boys are dressed up in his kit mm-hmm. and they love it. You know, they love him. Um, I remember there was that, cake that's famously made yeah 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 yeah, yeah. they were everywhere right you know they they adore him um 
So it's going to be almost bittersweet for Osman awesome because mm-hmm. I feel like right now he knows it's not not the fans. He knows it's the club, um, and it's just it's just so bonkers, mate. I, I I mean I I feel for the guy because you saw the scenes afterwards when he's walking to training the next day mm-hmm. and he kind of blanks the manager Garcia. The players are waiting there for him. Barely, barely acknowledges them. Uh, you could see even, even a match against Udinese. Th- there is that kind of aura about him that he's pissed off. But oh, he's, he's so pissed off, but he's doing a job. And it goes back to that point around the Italian journalist, should we say, that mm. her comments were absolutely out of order because so Osserman this is... has obviously deleted pictures on his Instagram account of the Napoli players, etc., And she's, mm-hmm. and I won't spoil it. You can go into detail, but essentially well, I need to find yeah, the bloody quote. Now, she, but, she has um, instigated that somehow by awesome men deleting these images off his Instagram account, that he's not being a big man. He's not being professional. Um, and yeah, Rory, hopefully you found it now and you can read it. In yeah. Well, extract. she's since issued an apology to the entirety of Nigeria. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I've got the, I've got the, the apology for the comment, but her comment was basically saying that, um, why would you delete your, yeah. Why would you delete the pictures from your profile? Um, this is the, this is the club, not the fans. And she finishes it with like, this will treat, this will teach us to fall in love with a player only the shirt, only the shirt. So she's kind of saying, like, showing no sympathy towards him, blaming him for, like, reacting to what was a personal attack. Um, and then now she's released a statement saying, Dear Nigeria, I'm a showgirl. Um, I'm a showgirl who also works in a TV program related to football. In my comment and post, I did in reference to the Nigerian football player, Victor Osman. I didn't want to be offensive, but was my only point of view and had to be understood as a personal suggestion. Um, I love Africa. Good. And I've always appreciated their talents and moreover the beautiful values in terms of friendship and positivity they have. Uh, nowadays are so full of bad news, so let's spread love and peace. Hugs to you all. Um, the I love Africa seems such a... Uh, that feels like the next thing that Infantino was going to say <laughs> after, you know, today I feel... Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if it's that or it's just the image she also used, which couldn't be further from, like, Sam Fox, well, like, page three son, like, sh- while you're doing it at the same time. That's the showgirl bit, I imagine, rather yeah, than, yeah. The, than the... Yeah, that's the showgirl Is that the bit. way of but, groveling and getting apologies and then forgetting about the whole situation, <laughs> right? Get those likes. Get yeah. those likes. Um, but yeah, so lots of people talking about it. Not a lot of sense coming out of it. Um, I imagine Victor Osman will keep very quiet. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine we won't hear anything from him or his representatives until they've nope. uh, had yep. their day in court. But one to keep an eye on. I just think for him as well, like obviously like the last thing on it, I think maybe is that yeah. Italy is obviously so publicly, publicly a country that has issues with racism and black players in the past, including Balotelli have turned around and said to black players, don't play in Italy. It's the only way they're going to learn. Like Mm. the only way we can teach them is if we don't play in Italy. So I think a lot of black players come to Italy and especially with Osserman, he might've felt like, and we talked about it. He was making a big difference in that, in Naples and making a big difference in Italy in general, being this like icon and like for younger kids. And it, it sounds so it sounds a bit weird coming from a UK 
thing where this happened for us in the 90s or the 80s where there was yeah, those yeah, bridges yeah. built but that's happening now and i think for for awesome men to feel like and this is all me speculating right i don't know how he feels yeah. but i imagine you feel like you're making progress you feel like you're you've you've managed to make a home in this city and you're doing good and then the club itself attacks you <laughs> and they use your skin color against you i just feel like it must be the most like humiliating and demoralizing thing of like why did i even bother i should have just yeah, listened exactly. and gone to gone to england i should have just gone to germany or whatever like and i just feel like it would just add a little bit extra to him of just i thought i was making a difference and maybe he hasn't but he he has it's just that idiot at the club whoever it is yeah, um massive. and whoever they are they're going to need to be put into witness protection i imagine oh, I because imagine. Yeah. they are going to be hunted in naples once they find out who it is um just quickly but to yeah i think any- as well sorry um that statement as well alluded to tiktok as that's notorious mm. behavior yeah. i'm afraid it's not notorious behavior no. that is not what other clubs put out as their content mm. and i'm afraid napoli are just digging a bigger hole for themselves by stating that somehow this is an acceptable form of language or connotations in that respect because i'm i'm sorry but whilst uh rory you don't watch tiktoks i unfortunately have them as part of our account (laughs) and i don't come across those kind of content and when we have those kind of content it's showing real life if it happens so i'm afraid that is bullshit and i'm sorry about napoli you really screwed yourselves up here. Yeah. 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 Well, it's all, it's all dust now. It's all ruined. But, um, despite all that noise in the background, there was still a game happening. Um, and Napoli ran out pretty comfortable winners Mm. against Udinese. 4-1. Of course, Osimhen getting a goal. That was a very angry finish, a very angry celebration. His teammates looked really happy for him. I think, again, I think they understand what he's going through Mm. and they're like not taking it personally that he's, having a yeah, day yeah, you exactly. know what i mean um but they were all super happy for him that he scored but also i wanted to talk about kvara kvara Skelia gets his first goal of the season and an assist and adam what a goal we saw <laughs> he's back what a finish maybe this was kind of the event where he was allowed to just get that frustration mm-hmm. out of his system but what a beautiful little chip over silvestri in goal it was incredible. just what a finish absolutely insane I mean, I thought Zelinski for his play to Osman was incredible, mm. but then Kfara yeah. hitting the post twice. Then yeah. you had that little bit of magic. I mean, the guy looks like he was back to his very best, and the- it was just we've been crying out for it. We've been crying out for it, yeah. but uh, you know, we'll go into it in a bit more detail shortly. But I will put that out there and say. Does this change the Garcia project? Does this kind of be the light bulb moment to save his career now, potentially because of, you know, the intention's not on him now. Yeah, He's managed to get <laughs> yeah, that, that win for once. Definitely the case. Does the, this change the kind of, it's us against them, like as in it's us against the mm-hmm. officials at the club. Yeah. We are going to prove we are a good team now. I think it, I think you could be right. I think it could be that. Oh, is that what they think of us? If you see mm. what the owners think of us, let's show them what yeah. what we actually are. I think that could be a massive thing of that. I think with Cavada, his performances haven't been bad. His performances have been no. very good. He's just not got that goal. He's been, He's been there's a few. 
he should have a few more assists than he than he yeah. has, like which aren't strictly his fault that they don't get put in the back of the net. Like, so I think his performances haven't been that bad, but it's really great to see him. That chip, it reminded me of something Messi would do. Yeah. The second yeah, yeah. I saw it, I was like, that's Lionel Messi all over. Like the only other player I've seen who would do that is Lionel Messi. The chip over the keeper to then run onto it. It was an incredible finish. Great to see him confident again. But I think you're right. The the common enemy is kind of there now. And I think it was the first time we saw Napoli ruthless and driven mm-hmm. and quick. Yeah. And like, yeah, really, really focused. This season, the start of the season has felt quite unfocused and quite dawdling and quite slow. And this performance felt a lot more efficient and mm. kind of maybe getting back to last season in terms of just taking chances, it's creating fluid. chances. Yeah. Um, so it was really good to see Rudy mm. Garcia will be very, very relieved <laughs> that, that 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 happened um, because the pressure was definitely piling up. I saw the names who was linked to it. Um, oh, I did see there was names mentioned. It'll come to me um, yeah. of who was going to replace him. Um, so the, the rumors were getting pretty strong, but they were helped by Udinese. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Adam, I'm kind of super surprised about how they've started this season. Um, mm. They find themselves all the way down in 18th. They're one of the three teams remaining who are winless. They've got three draws and three defeats. Um, now, obviously, when you see a team with a lot of draws, you're thinking, okay, you're just lacking that one goal. Like, you're mm. close. You're close. Yeah, yeah. You just can't quite finish games. But should Udinese be worried? Like, Sotil was a manager we were slash are very excited about. Yeah, I think there is genuine kind of fears for Udinese this season now. Um, it probably doesn't help, Rory, when you have a few of your biggest players who had the biggest impacts go to other clubs. So I'm talking mm-hmm. about Udoji, who was on the cards. They knew about it for the best part of a year, but... Yeah. Beto being sold before the window as well, um, closing. That's kind of a big deal given he was the main source of goals for them. Um, obviously, they really did um, sign Pereira back to the club mm-hmm. after he was technically released. So he hasn't had a proper preseason with them. Um, but this was always going to be the f- threat or the um, issue with Udinese is when you sell players, they kind of replace them with players that aren't tested or, you know, they need a bit more, you know, game time before they kind of become the next best thing. And I don't know about you, but I do feel like when you look at the squad for Udinese, you haven't got anyone that kind of springs to mind as maybe being that next best player to come out of their squad. And I, I, I do worry about them. I mean, we, we've talked about Empoli, for example, being one of those potentially to struggle this season. But Udinese, they don't look like a team that is going to grab many wins this season. And that's probably a big worry given the infrastructure that is there. They probably need to be in Serie A. Um, do you think there's much hope for Sutel? I think you're I think you're right with the the departures definitely kind of shafted them. I think Beto is a massive miss. We saw incredibly we saw how incredible he was for them and mm. how important he was for them in an attacking sense. The only striker they've really brought in is Keenan Davis on loan. Uh no, Keenan Davis from Aston Villa, who's an exciting young player yeah. again, youngish, but he's not really had any impact yet so far. They brought in Brenner as well, a young um Brazilian striker, gonna take him time 
to get into the squad, but he's come in at quite a bit of money, like 10 million. Not, and then you've got Lorenzo Luca as well, who they brought in from yeah. Ajax, who's got a reputation, right? Um, but again, he's yeah. not, I'm not sure not, if it's a good one, but he, he does he have comes a in with, Well, let's put it this way. He comes in with that kind of Luca Tony vote of yes. vibes, even should I say, sorry, yeah. words weren't coming out. But um, one of the things we probably have to recognize is Delafeo is off injured. Mm-hmm. Now he was the, kind of spark right he is the spark yeah. for them um but again you shouldn't be relying on just one player right Rory I no mean... and I feel like it, it's weird because obviously Sotil they had such a good season last season and it did fall off towards the end like that I think their start of the season was insane but their mm. end of the season was really really bad and they did yeah. not win many games so I think it's kind of like you know like the David Moyes effect when I was talking to Tom and he was like West Ham haven't won a game in like a year or whatever and you're like what and you're like oh yeah they get all their wins in the first three months and then just stop winning mm. um, and I I feel like that kind of happened with Sotil and Udinese. So I feel like this slide might have been happening for a while. And now you're starting a season, it's just much more obvious. Um, but the, the the ray of light for them and how they managed to keep hold of him, like they have to yeah. send Samadzic's dad like a lot of hampers <laughs> or something for him ruining that interdeal yes, because it yeah. was all but done. But they just didn't want to deal with his dad. His dad was a pain yeah. in the ass. And he's still at the club. And I think he is the one player that like, he scores the best goal of that game. As good as <laughs> yeah. as good as Cavada's finish was, that run and one-two is just incredible. And yes. the finish is insane. Yeah, yeah. Like, he is that one player that can just do that and take a game mm. by the scruff of the neck and be like, right, come on, we're doing this. So I think there's, there's a still enough, not just him, but there's still enough talent around that squad that they'll be fine. Mm. I just think for this season to not become absolutely nothing, they need to turn it around quite quickly mm. because you yeah. could they could quickly just find themselves in 13th place for the rest of the season, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and whereas yeah. it felt like last year there was something to build, something to kind of like a bit of progress. Um, but then I wouldn't, I also wouldn't be surprised that if they go two more games without winning a game, mm-hmm. we know what the Pozzo family are like. Yep. He will be replaced pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So I think, it, it, do you think it would be harsh if they got rid of him? <clears throat> No, because I think the second half of last season, the form massively dropped off. And we're talking yeah. about still having players like Adoji and Beto in the squad. Uh-huh. So I, I do fear for Satil. I know we, we kind of hyped him up a bit, maybe too much, Rory. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do feel that if they don't get some wins on the board, then yeah, Satil's like, potential career at Udinese might be a threat. Mm. And yeah, like you say... Um, the Pozo family probably have a black book of names written down and they'll know who to replace him with. I mean, they've done it with Watford, so they'll just rotate who they've uh, got at Watford and bring mm-hmm. them across, right? So, okay. yeah. Javi Grazia or someone, right? Be well, I fancy Chris actually. Wilder personally, but I don't think that went down <laughs> too well. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe not, but a huge win for Napoli. Um, that puts them right up in fifth place on 11 points just keeping within touching distance of the rest of the pack four points behind inter who mm. look at that for a smooth segue who have lost their first <laughs> game of the season and who was it to adam everyone's favorite they've now won yes. <laughs> they've beaten juventus and now they have beaten inter they are just the opposite team they're the upside down <laughs> team they 
Teams at the top of the table, they will defeat with ease. Teams at the bottom, they will bend over and take their punishment. It is insane. But Sassuolo 2 into 1. Yeah. Um, what were your first impressions of this game, Inter's performance, Sassuolo's performance? Uh, Well-deserved for Sassuolo in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things when I was watching, in particular the second half, because I couldn't really watch much of this first half, but second half-wise... Um, it was a very lethargic performance by Inter. And even though you could argue maybe they should have had a few maybe decisions go their way, um, it didn't ruin the occasion, if that makes sense, because I think Sassuolo deserved this. They definitely deserved this. And I don't know what happened with Inter. Whether they just took their foot off the gas and thought, you know, it's Sassuolo rolling into town, you know, we don't have to worry about them, but they they really weren't at their A game and they really did struggle, even to the point that when Lotaro was able to have those chances, he was scuffing them, he was like getting deflections and it wasn't going to plan. It wasn't going to plan. So I said this when you mentioned it a few weeks ago about how, you know, Inter looks set for the title as it was going, you know, in terms of form guide. And I told you at the time, in to have this little stroke about them where they screw up things and they make things harder for themselves. This kind of gives you evidence and gives hope to the other teams now. It opens it up mm-hmm. now again. So um, Inzaghi, you can tell, was visibly frustrated on the sidelines. Um, and you know what? They had the depth. So I, I do wonder whether they would have done anything differently if they had the older, more experienced pros. But that said, I, I still think they had enough quality on the day to overcome this Sassuolo side. Um, and we have to talk about Berardi, won't we? We, we will talk mm. about Berardi even, because what a hit, what an assist. What a goal to start I with. I mean, yeah. this, this guy is just so incredible when he's on fire. Uh, but I think you're going to pose me the question of, why isn't he somewhere else, right? Yeah, I, I find it interesting that no one's ever really taken that dive on him. Now, I know Sassuolo have always quoted quite a lot of money for mm. him because obviously he's like their, he's the jewel in the crown. Yeah. He's like, you know, their best player by some exactly. distance. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he's also their opportunity to get money, right? So mm. I think the numbers that were always quoted, because it was, was it Milan who was looking at him this year? Milan it was like 60 million as well. into a looking at him. They were saying 60, 65 million, which I think is actually pretty reasonable for a player of his ability. Um, I think it's really fascinating that no one's really taken the dive. I don't know if it's because, and I think you said this off mic, maybe his consistency isn't quite there mm. and he's not really had yeah. that. 20 goal season he's not really had that 25 goal season he's not had that like outstanding season but he's always been very very good Mm, and like i just think maybe it's maybe i don't know he's not he's not a big name it's not like why do you think he's not moved on because there is no reason why he shouldn't be playing for juventus why he shouldn't be playing for inter like sorry sassuolo fans but you know like he should be in in the champions league I think you've probably summed it up right. He's a 7 out of 10 player. Like, Mm. on his day, he could be a 9. He could be a 10 out of 10 player. He can be your spark. He can be your inspiration, as we've seen in the last two games as well. Um, But, yeah, I I think there is elements of his game that isn't kind of all-rounded in that sense. Sometimes he can go missing. And I think if people base it on his history, they kind of go... Yes, he can be a match winner, 
but when we have him in our sides, we want him to be consistent all of the time. We want him to mm-hmm. be that player all of the time. So I think, like you say, I, I'm surprised no one's actually taken a gamble on him because he reminds me of those kind of experienced pros that played for a lower side that eventually gets nabbed up by those bigger sides and they bring him off the bench, you know, to be that kind of inspiration. Yeah. It feels like, I don't know about you, I, I, probably wrong analogy here, but when Gary McAllister moved from Coventry to Liverpool and although he couldn't really run, he was still able to, you know, kind of have that bit of quality about okay. him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a Yari Litmanen, for example, when he okay. came into the Premier League as well. So, you know, the clever little twists and turns that he could manipulate defenders. He wasn't a goal scorer, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see very kind of similarities because Berardi on his day, yes, he can be one of the top goal scorers for Sassuolo. But for a side like a top side, I don't expect yeah. him to do that. I think he's more of a creative spark. And do you know what? I think... Juventus was quoted as the team that he wanted to go to. And obviously, mm-hmm. the Zuolo gave him and Juventus the deadline of the 17th of August. And there was no bid met. There was nothing there. So despite yeah. his best efforts of trying to move on, and he, <laughs> the funny thing was, I remember listening to James Horncastle about it. He actually announced it in front of a Sassuolo fan event that he was going to Juventus. Yeah. <laughs> so oh he God. burned almost bridges there and yeah. then. And then he's had to kind of grovel to them. And he's doing it with these performances, right? They know what a yeah. quality player he is. But it's, it's well, a weird, weird situation. Weird they can't situation. be angry with him. He's kept them in Serie A at many he stages. He could have moved earlier as well, right? He, he decided like a, to stay yeah, at yeah. Sassuolo rather than go to Juventus earlier in his career. And I wonder if... I think we mentioned it on the pod a few weeks ago. You said this. I think maybe he regrets maybe not making the move just to be in the Champions League, in those European mm. games. And, you know, he got a taste for it with the Italian national side. He probably just feels he could have done that at a club yeah. stage as well, domestically playing in those big games. There, There is still time for him. He's not he's not massively old. He's fine. And he, I think he will get the move. If he continues like this this season, I think there's only so long that teams can't go out and buy him. And when someone does buy him, every other club that didn't is going to look really stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's kind of like when, uh, who's who's the player I was thinking about? Oh, God, I can't remember now. Fratesi, right? When yeah. Fratesi goes to Inter, I thought every other club who doesn't get him is going to go, God damn it, we should have got him. Yeah. Or Barella, like, oh, we should have just paid the money, right? And I think when Berardi goes, every other club's going to go, ah, oh, Frig, we should have just got him. Like, we shouldn't or, have let them have for um, yeah. Juventus when they should have spent yeah. 250000 from Pescara at the time. Yeah. And then he goes, obviously, to PSG. I'm personally happy they didn't do that. But, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think an outstanding performance from him, an outstanding performance from Sassuolo. Um the problem for them, who is their next match? Because if it's against anyone below 10th, they're definitely not going to win it. Um, oh, they've got... No, wait, where's it gone? Uh, they have... Uh, uh, I've lost them. Oh, Monza at home, so they're definitely losing that. Um, that is definitely a win for Monza. But yeah, massive result for them. Um, for Inter, I think it kind of... The performance against Empoli, we said, wasn't as good as it could have been, right? 1-0 no, no. against them was not good enough. It should have been much more... And I feel like maybe there was a bit of a bleed from that performance into this mm. of just that, like, like because they created chances, yeah. but it was a very even game. But I feel like 
from the Empoli game, they didn't take their chances and there was just more of mm. that like in this game, just not that cutting edge. So yeah, look, it's not the end of the world for Inter. You're not going to go unbeaten. I apologize, Inter Disney, but um, you're still top of the table if that helps. Exactly. Um, and I'm sure it does. But from Inter, we are going to move on to um, towards the bottom of the table. We're going to go back down. Okay. We've talked about them, so why not? Let's talk about Empoli. They get a win. They get a yes. goal. More importantly, they get a goal. Uh, they get a win. <laughs> yeah. And they beat Salernitana 1-0. Of course, it was Baldanzi who gets the goal. Mm. Who else? Uh, incredibly exciting player. Him in that kind of wide number 10 mm. role is super exciting to watch. Um, I also like Male in the midfield. I'm a big fan of him. I've been impressed by him a lot. But they get the goal. 1-0 win. Tight at the back. Impressive, right? I know it's Salernitana. Yeah. We'll talk about them as well. But they've got that monkey off their back. So they do. They do. And um, yeah, I'm grateful that you uh, corrected me on Monday's show when I was shouting Zanetti as the coach. Mm. And he, I'd missed it. I'd missed the fact that he'd actually left. He was put out of um, his misery. So Aurelio Adrezello is now back for his fourth spell at the club. And yeah, it's going to be interesting now to see if that was a maybe coaching philosophy that mm. was restricting empathy from maybe progressing. And uh, you know what normally happens on these occasions, it's just a new manager bounce. So mm. the question mark will be, can he continue this? Um, obviously it all depends on the run going forward, but it's promising that they actually got a good win here against a fellow struggler, which is kind of deemed like almost six points in itself, Rory. Yeah. Um, mm. And then we, we probably have to shift this attention now away from Empoli and talk about how bad a certain Paolo Sosa is doing now. Before we do, Go I want on. to do a little bit of a bit on Andrea Zoli. As you said, it's his yeah. fourth, ti- fourth, time into, fourth time in charge of the club. Um, and I think he's very much just like a, a firm hand on the tiller kind of thing. Um, as, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. As is often the case in Italy, you know, you bring a manager back. Um in his four spells, he's averaged about one and a half point a game. Mm. So I think that would be Eddie. enough to definitely yeah. keep them in the division. Um, so it's very much just, a, okay, let's get this season out of the way and then we can find someone else. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but I think we might see a bit more of a consistent and mm. focused Empoli now. Whereas the way it ended with Zanetti, with him not picking Baldanzi and stuff like that, and like not picking the the biggest names or the best players mm. it only seemed like it was going one way so maybe maybe they can turn it around um but they're definitely in a relegation fight this year it's just whether yep. they'll survive it i suppose but for Salernitana, adam you warned us i was hyping up paulo Sosa so much after his incredible run with <laughs> Salernitana last year yeah they are now way down there they are one of the winless teams they remain one of them drawn three lost three again just one goal away mm-hmm. i do still feel like they've got exciting attacking players but they're just not getting those goals they're not and bula di has dried up his kind of streak of form um I know. I know. Openly said he wanted to leave, right? Yes. He openly wolves, obviously. (laughs) Don't don't mention it. Just say it loudly, right? Um, But yeah, I I I suspect this is going to be the beginning of the end for Paolo Sosa. Um, Mm -hmm. He has these kind of streaks where he seems to go on these really good runs that kind of inspire you, thinking you're 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 going to push on. And I I felt that with Salinatana. I thought. 
but then the business hasn't been that impressive during the summer window personally mm. i don't think it's been that great i was surprised to see Ochoa back still in there you know because originally that was only a loan spell until the he end of kept the them in this game he absolutely yeah. kept them in this game and that that's the problem i think rory if you look at the kind of experience that they've got. Yes, they've got Kandarevas who scores wonder goals occasionally, but you you need a bit more of a spark at the moment. And it feels like Salernitana are really being tight on the purse strings here. You know, that you've got, there's um, a Polish youngster that Paolo Sosa has had to promote as a midfielder. He wasn't playing in this particular match, but mm. Legowski, who's now okay. p- supposedly on the cusp of being called up to the national team, um, doing quite well, um, but yeah, it, it it's not enough. I don't think it's enough. You need kind of your more experienced pros, I think, about you. And I, as much as Kandareva is an experienced pro, I think you need someone with more legs than Kandareva mm-hmm. as well. You need someone that's going to give you a bit of a spark and maybe take off the pressure on Diao and Co. You need, you mm-hmm. need someone that's going to contribute the goals and they just don't have that. I, I think the argument is probably last season, that went under the radar because everyone was performing so well. Um, whereas now you're starting to feel it. And I don't know about you, but I feel like striker was a big thing. We took the piss out of Piontek for a reason, but <laughs> they, they didn't really replace him, did they? I, I want to stick up for Giovane Cabral, who's been brought in as the replacement for Piontek, right? He's quite you know, 25 years old. Now, he's got one goal in the five games, so he scored his first goal in their last match. Mm. He's hit the crossbar an incredible amount of times. He kind of got, <laughs> do you remember when Tammy Abraham first turned up for Rome and he just kept hitting the bar, kept hitting the crossbar? Yeah. It's never quite right. I feel like this guy has been super unlucky. He's like really direct, really strong, mm. really fast. Like very intelligent with his runs, I think mm. there is a player there. He just needs to calm down a little bit because some of his shots are a bit wild. So I think he's been very unlucky. Like even within this game, if you look at the statistics, like Salernitana had, like they both had like fourteen shots. Like Salernitana's issue was having them on target, whereas Empoli managed to actually <laughs> yeah, hit exactly. the target. So I feel like they weren't a million miles apart. It's no, just like cutting edge. So I think. Yeah, I don't know if we'll see Paolo Souza for much longer, but I think the biggest issue for them is the fact that Dia, like they really, they did so well to keep hold of him. Yeah. But then for his head to get turned so quickly, it's like your star player just instantly losing interest. I think Mm. that makes a massive difference. So I think that's kind of where we're seeing the problems come from. But I was really impressed with Ochoa. Like the guy's just such a good goalkeeper. He just makes very good saves. I know he's a bit like, uh, what's the word, eccentric. Yes, fine. He does. He, he, he does. suits this he, kind of scene, yeah, doesn't he? He's, exactly. He should have been in Europe a lot sooner, right? For I, some reason, I think in our minds he was in Europe, but for we know he wasn't. If that makes sense, he's like in a, my mind, he was in a cupboard until every World Cup came out. I did not know where he played. <laughs> but he was I just always supreme. He was yeah, always on form, right? Exactly. Just turned up for Mexico and then hibernated for another four years. <laughs> I didn't know where the guy was. Um, but yeah, fantastic from him. Selenitana just yeah, that's a big loss. That's a big big loss mm. um but i can't i don't know would i be sad to see souls i go not really um i just I'd, I'd be worried about who selena who selena tana would replace him with obviously one last bring ride. him back get him back. bring him back him and warnock get warnock back at <laughs> chef you nicola back at selena tana get the old band back together it'd be great um should we leave that one there yes. i think we can leave that one there and we can oh my god i've just seen the live score no, the final score. We need to talk about this now. Okay. Genoa 4, 
Roma one. Oh, oh. That is an absolute old fashioned paddling. Look at that. Um, wow. Goodmanson, Retegui, Thorsby, and Junior Messias getting the fourth goal. Wow. I did see the Retegui goals, a very, very nice finish. Um, Roma have absolutely collapsed there. Do you know I had four shots on target, four goals? Insane. <laughs> um, Roma okay. still need to replace their goalkeeper, right? Yeah. And uh, I was going to say, are we starting to see like the kind of beginnings of maybe Marina going to the hobo kind of feel? Because I, there's an interesting comment uh, made on the Football Weekly podcast by um, Nicky Bandini about how it feels like um, they've almost kind of stressed themselves out they've kind of did mm. all they could last season just to get over the line and overperform to an extent and now it feels like they're mentally drained and it yeah it, it feels like Mourinho hasn't got many ideas I did kind of allude to a bit of that when I was talking about the Torino match where by if it wasn't for the Lukaku goal they really did struggle to get into the kind mm. of you know, frame of the game. They couldn't really create much. And, you know, players like Dabala went quiet, for example. There, there was just not a lot of inspiration. And when you consider the signings, I think we probably overhyped them again, Rory. It's just a curse of this pod. But we've overhyped them in the transfer window where they did some really like good us. business. Um, and, yeah, it feels like it's going to shit again. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't look great why Mourinho hasn't addressed that goalkeeping position, I do not know. Patrizio yeah, is one, one of the worst performing year. goalkeepers in Serie A. Over, and I've, I want to put my neck on the line and say over the last two seasons, I think he's probably been yeah. one of the worst. I was never... There was, there's a reason why when Jose Sarr came in at Wolves, he looked so much better instantly. <laughs> like, instantly you are, holy crap, Wolves have got a goalkeeper all of a sudden. And I always thought Rui Patricio yeah. was fine, but yeah. I never got why Average they, goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah, why they bought him beyond the fact he's Portuguese. But yeah, I think that's the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues in the squad. Their only win this year is against that, that win against Empoli, right? They yeah. lost to Verona. They find themselves in 16th now. One win, two draws, three losses. Scored 13. Thank you, Empoli. So take away the seven. Yeah. Take away six from that, and you're on what? seven my my maths is terrible um and they've conceded 11 in yep. six games you're averaging about two goals a game there absolutely terrible start from them i think we will start to see hobo Mourinho a little bit um i hope he kind of keeps it together because like i said i feel like he's really getting a home there at roma he's he is doing something he's settled and that squad still isn't bad i i think no. that their business this summer was very clever. They've been unlucky with Awar and the injury and stuff, but like, I still feel like there's, there's just not and he's quite clicking through younger minute. players. That's always the yeah. stigma he gets is that he don't doesn't bring in enough young players, and he's developed the likes of Zalewski, Bove, for example. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. he's pushed on this team like he's got them into European tournaments almost winning them stuff, right? He, he did yeah. win the, obviously, conference. He almost got them to win, again, the uh, Europa. I mean, imagine that. That we would Within talk a about them out, being in Champions close. League, right? Yeah, we'd be yeah. talking about them in Champions League right now. But, yeah, I mean, like you say, if they can just address this goalkeeper, can they not just drop him and put a youth goalkeeper? I'm sure... It's almost like when we were talking about Handanovic and know, how, how a broom would do better. I don't know if it works that. in real life, man. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know if it works in real life. Um, but, yeah. 
Yeah, maybe it's worth a try. I don't know. But I'm I'm just noticing the time. So I think yes. I'm gonna wrap up the rest of Serie yeah. A super quickly. quickly yeah. Um Juventus beat Lecce 1 0. Um the fun isn't quite over for Leicester, but yeah. it was a disappointing game that um yes, very much Juventus, so. the goal coming from Arcadius Milik. Of yeah. course, such a good signing for them since he's come in. Genuinely a very good signing. Um Lecce getting the harshest red card, I think, yes. towards the end yeah. of the season. Uh, towards the end of the game, Carba being sent off ridiculous decision we have Cagliari losing at home 3-1 to mm-hmm. Milan goals yep. from the most random collection of goal scorers of all time <laughs> Noah Okafor with his first goal, goal for the club yep. great to see that Fikayo Tomori getting a goal mm-hmm. love that and then Ruben Loftus-Cheek with a banger getting his yep. first goal for the club he has had a very good start to life in Serie A I'm absolutely loving it Atalanta beat Ver- Verona 1-0 away a beautiful goal from Coop Miners he's starting to find the net a bit yes. more recently which is yeah. good um, after a while Lazio got back to That's winning nice. ways beating Torino 2-0 Vecino and Zaccagni with his first goal of the mm-hmm. season Frosinone drew with Fiorentina 1-1. Kadira didn't score, so I don't care. Nicolas Gonzalez <laughs> got the goal for Fiorentina. Um, and Monza and Bologna drew 0-0 with Silamikas being sent off for Bologna. Now, this, uh, yeah, that is all the action in Serie A. That is, yes. So, so, we're going to take a very quick break and we're going to come back with a super quick Carabao Cup roundup. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hi, I'm David Wheeler, and you're listening to the Anglo-Italian Podcast. And it's everybody's favourite energy drink time as we come (laughs) into the Carabao Cup roundup. And can I just say, I love the Carabao Cup because you get to see all the young players. You get to see lots of exciting young players getting their starts, and it's just something a bit different, isn't it? Um, let's start with, where should we go? Um, Manchester United beat Crystal Palace 3-0. Of course they did. Um, Amrabat really shone in this game. Apparently, mm. people very, very impressed with him. His work ethic is insane. Um, Liverpool came from behind to beat Leicester 3-1. Did you see Shobashlai's goal? Oh. Yes, what what a goal. I think uh, our previous guests, uh, I've forgotten his name, but um, yes, he did say he was grateful to be in the presence of that goal so uh yes beautiful it was an incredible hit mm. arguably one of the signings of the season so far shabash um he's absolutely loving life down in merseyside up in merseyside depends where you are in the country yeah. i suppose um blackburn rovers in cardiff city 5-2 um absolute goal fest Andrew Moran. Now, remember the name. He is the next exciting player coming out of Brighton. He's on loan at Blackburn. He is Irish. I'm very (laughs) excited. And he got two goals in this game, as well as Dylan Markendai, who I was really, really impressed with. Um, Really pacey winger. Beautiful goal there as well. Cardiff, despite having a good start to the season in the championship, I think they'll actually be relieved to go out and they can concentrate on their league campaign. Um, West Ham squeak past Lincoln City 1-0 with a Suchek goal. Adam, miracles have happened. 
Miracles happened midweek. Not only did Chelsea win a game, Nicholas Jackson scored, and he should have had two. Incredible, right? Wow. Incredible. Definitely incredible, especially when you consider what we kind of predicted would happen, right? Um, So a nice little boost ahead of the fixture list that they've got in the league. Um, But yeah, I still think they will still screw that up as well. So, Oh, yeah. The frustrating thing for them... Yeah. The frustrating thing then is that he's got his confidence up and now he's got to miss a game because he's got too <laughs> yeah, many yellow cards. So he can't even yeah. take it straight into the next game, which is frustrating, I suppose. Bournemouth beat Stoke City, Stoke City 2-0. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to talk about the game I did want to talk about. Where is it? Ipswich 3, yeah. Wolverhampton 2. Now, Adam, everybody's talking about Kieran McKenna. They are. Ipswich up towards the top of the championship and now they've come from two goals down to knock out a Premier League team. It's insane. Mm-hmm. They are a very exciting team, it's fair to say, Rory. Um, obviously, coming up from League One last season, Wickham were obviously used to seeing them. Um, and yeah, they they look a cut above the rest. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if they can sustain this kind of current form at the moment. But They've got a number of individuals that are quite, so say, you know, on the eye, look very pretty. Um, one player to keep on your tabs, Rory, because he's an Irish international, is Jack Taylor. Um, what defensive a goal midfielder. as well. What a goal. Um, oh, there was goal. hype around him at Peterborough because they bought him on the cheap from Barnet. And as they do, they sell him on for profit, as they do. Um, and But Dara McAntony talked about him saying he couldn't believe he kept on to this player for as long as they did. He did oh, obviously wow. have an injury with them, so he was out for about 12 months with that. I think it was a, like a ligament issue. Um, but yeah, he knew he was going to be destined for bigger things. And it does feel like he will be on to bigger things. But yeah, I forgot about the likes of Brandon Williams. He has ended <laughs> up at Ipswich. So um, yeah, all I would say is Kieran McKenna definitely going to be on the lips of maybe chairman if they decide mm-hmm. to pull the trigger on their managers, in particular the Premier League. Wouldn't be a bad shout if Sheffield United decided to take mm-hmm. a gamble on him given he, what he's done with Ipswich and transformed their fortunes. Because don't forget, they were struggling in League One for the best part of two seasons yeah. prior to his appointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that he's managed to transform them, get them playing, playing attractive football, Rory. And you know what? I mean, it could be this season's too soon for Ipswich, but they mm-hmm. are building on something. You you get yeah. the sense. And I think Ipswich fans would be gutted if he did move on. But yeah, it's destined that he's definitely going to be a big name in the future. Mm, well, United fans will be gutted because he was a coach there alongside Michael <laughs> yes, Carrick and they let him go. Um, yeah. But he, yeah, they were playing some beautiful football, some mm. genuinely really nice passages of play, really quick, yeah. those triangles, just really attractive attacking football. And the Arsenal fan within me, because I was quite annoyed that he went to Chelsea, the fact that his agent gave him the worst possible career advice. But Amari Hutchinson getting yeah. a goal here on loan from Chelsea. I said it when he signed for Chelsea. I said he'll be on loan in the championship within a year. He is, but I'm glad it's going well. He's a super exciting player, really mm. quick, really nice finish from him. So I was happy to see him do well. For Wolves, I think this is just a massive lapse in concentration. Obviously, their focus this season is just on the, the Carabao Cup. Yeah. But 
you'd still be disappointed to be 2 0 up and to throw a game away. Um, I think Gary O'Neill yeah. is going to be pretty angry with that one. Mm. Um, but congratulations, Ipswich. Unbelievable. Love the story. Massive club that deserve to be in the championship. Yes. If not higher for a bit. Yeah. Um, good. We're going to move on to another miracle happened. Everton showed a little bit of consistency. <laughs> two games. Is Does two games count as consistency? I think so. We'll give them nearly, this one. nearly, right? Nearly, nearly consistency, and I think that's where they started off that form, right, Rory? Because they got mm-hmm. that win against Doncaster, and it's been kind of transpired and you know, it's been non-stop fun ever since. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, that better effect, shall we call it the better effect, has uh, really worked wisdom on them. So, uh, mm-hmm. yes, let's see how long it goes for. And um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I have my doubts, but yeah, let, yeah. let's see how long it lasts. A very disappointing uh, performance from Aston Villa, although the mm. second half they really did push, really should have got an equaliser, but Everton were a much better much better team in the first half. Um, and I think overall probably deserved it. So they'll be disappointed. Emery's a cup manager. I think Villa fans were kind of quietly mm. keeping their eye on the cups. I'd be disappointed to go out in this one. Maybe it's the fault of the shirts. The player have been complaining about the shirts, yes. right? Maybe it's all <laughs> down to the shirts. But Everton continue on in the cup. Newcastle won Manchester City nil. The oil classico uh, goes <laughs> to the northeast. Um, Alexander yep. Isak with a tap in at the far post. The neighbours mm-hmm. are pissed off. Um, with a tap in at the far post. And you've knocked me off my train of thought. All right. Um, Tina Livramento. I was absolutely outstanding in this game. Um, Pep was moaning after the game about being knocked out. Um does he want the? Do you think he wanted the quadruple? It's those pricks. Next I, I think I think he definitely does want a bit more success. Uh, probably just wanted to make sure he maximised. And I think he always sees this as the opportunity to have their first kind of title on the board, Rory. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so the drama I, kicking I, off. Yes, in the, the house. drama it's kicking like... off behind is more eventful than my commentary here. Um, but oh, sorry, it is. Um, all I would say is Pep's gutted because I think he sees this opportunity to get the first title of the mm. season out of the yeah. way. And obviously, you look at the teams left in the competition. This is a big opportunity. I know there was um, a few posts today speculating that Spurs must be gutted that they actually went out as early as they did because yeah. this could have been a nice, easy one for the one. But Rory, we move on. We move on. For Newcastle, it's incredible. And of course, the post-game picture, um, Jason yes. Tindall was bang in the middle. Absolutely just yeah. textbook. Textbook stuff. Um, and finally, I'm gonna lower my voice a little bit. Well, there's yeah. an Airbnb next door. I'm not gonna lose my I'm not gonna lose my temper. It's fine. It's fine. Arsenal beat Brentford 1 0 yeah. away. Um Arsenal rode their luck at times. Aaron Ramsdale mm. made an incredible save. Um, and managed to wind up the Brentford fans as well. Some things never change. Yep. Jakub Kivior making an incredible block say. on the line, showing some great defensive work alongside Tommy Asu and Reese Nelson. I just need to say, every time he plays for Arsenal, every time he gets minutes, he affects the game. He does something. Really, a really super cool, calm mm. finish from him. Very, very impressed. And Sago Jr. made his debut for Arsenal at the age of, I want to say, 17, 18. Um, and it was beautiful at the end. Erdegaard pushing him to the away fans so he can get yeah. his 
is applause. Just an overall very nice night, but I think Brentford will feel slightly unlucky as they did have a lot of chances, but you can still see they're missing Ivan Tony massively. Yeah, clearly. Wissa and Umbuemo are great players. They just don't have yeah, that consistency not, in yeah. front of goal. Are you surprised um, they're being linked with Patterson Datka as potentially a replacement for Ivan Tony? But I think he's their kind of player. He's definitely yeah. their kind of player. Like I think this, this, the underlying statistics are probably very good for him. But I think at Leicester, he never really got a proper chance. It felt like he was always mm. just expected to come off the bench and affect games. And I don't know if maybe if he gets solid runs in a team being the starting striker. There's no doubt he's a talented player. Yeah. At Salzburg, he was fantastic. So I think... Um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It could be an interesting one. Yeah, I just don't know if he's the consistent goal-scoring threat that you mm. kind of expect. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I would have thought Brentford's philosophy, go into the championship, go and get your next bright spark there, yeah. potentially. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, we will see. That is the Carabao Cup mm. roundup. I'm going to go round to the neighbours with a lump hammer. And after this, yeah. we will come back for <laughs> the Mastermind quiz. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. with the tension adequately set and me whispering because the police are going to be arriving soon we are ready to do the mastermind quiz adam i'm going to hand the hosting duties over to you so i can remain silent (laughs) well i definitely did not see the uh item in question that bludgeons your neighbor so rory we have got the choice of italian clubs in champions league this includes qualifying rounds and the history of Italian clubs in the Champions League, or okay. your favourite being football nicknames in the UK. So, which would you like to dabble in for How this? How brave am I feeling today? Um, sod it. Let's do Italian clubs oh, in the Champions League. Fair enough. Let's right. see how we do. I am going to set the timer to one minute. And Rory, we will start this in three, two, one. Which club has participated in the Champions League the most times with 22 occasions? Milan. Incorrect. Chievo Verona appeared in the 2006-2007 qualifying third round, losing to which Bulgarian side? Uh, CSK Sofia. Incorrect. Which Italian player is the highest scorer in the Champions League for Italian clubs with 46 goals in 81 appearances. Del Piero? Incorrect. Which Italian team recorded their first ever win of the Champions League? Juventus. Incorrect. Oh my God. Which Italian team has lost the most Champions League finals? Juventus. Correct. Which Italian is the oldest player to play in the Champions League playing for Lazio against Real Madrid in 2007? And we have got time, but I will let you do that question. So I'll read that question again. 
Which Italian is the oldest player to play in the Champions League playing for Lazio against Real Madrid in 2007? 2007, 2007. See, I was going to say the first name that came to my mind was Totti, but obviously it's not Totti. No. So, um, I'm drawing a complete blank. Um, only Miroslav Klose is coming to mind. If I know he's not <laughs> Italian. I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. It is Marco Balletti. Oh, uh, he no, was 43 years old. Um, never getting that. There was Totti was one of the other questions. I have to admit. Um, but yeah, let me go through the ones that the you answers. couldn't really answer. So you had got a grand total of one, Rory. So well done. Um, because yeah, I did try and make these hard. But yeah. Uh, which club participated in the most Champions League since its fruition? And that was Juventus on 22 yeah. occasions. Kieva Verona appeared in their only kind of chance of qualifying for the Champions League in 2006-2007, but they lost to Levski Sofia over the oh, two legs. They drew two all in one of the legs and then lost the other one 3-0, I think it was, in total. Um which Italian player has the highest or is the highest scorer in the Champions League with 46 goals in 81 games? Now, you said Del Piero, if I remember it's rightly. Inzaghi, isn't it? It is Filippo Inzaghi, believe it or not. So, yes. Um, do you want to guess where Simeone Inzaghi is in on that list as well? Because he, he appears. The most, Ital- most goals by an Italian player yeah. in the Champions League? In the Champions know, League. 10? No, number five. Believe it or what? not. Yeah. Wow. Incredible, isn't it? Um, and then we said, which um, Italian team has lost the most appearances? You said Juventus, which was correct. And that was it, if I remember rightly. I think there's no other questions. Yep. I have got some other ones. If, if you want to go through it. them, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can go through that. Uh, which Italian team recorded... Uh, oh, sorry. It was this one, actually. I forgot about this, wasn't it? Which Italian team recorded the first ever win of the Champions League? It was Milan. Um, Ah, That was the one I forgot to ask you. Um, So, yeah, uh, the other questions was, Patrick Cliver was the youngest scorer in the Champions League final against which Italian side? Milan. It was, correct. Who is the oldest scorer in the Champions League final? Oh, a Champions League final. Bo, no idea. Paolo Maldini. Paolo Maldini, Against Liverpool, if you remember. Um, The other question was, who is recorded as the oldest player in the Champions League history scoring against CSKA Moscow in 2014? Totti. You're correct. Francesco Totti for Roma. And then my other question was, Sampdoria's only time in the Champions League ended up in a defeat final appeared in the 91-92 season against which side? Barcelona. Correct. Yeah. And it was Koeman after extra time at Wembley that time. So that was when they should have won it all, Sampdoria. That was Viali and... That, um, was, that was the day where they were supreme yeah, yeah. that season. Yeah. Absolutely supreme. But Rory, well done. Heady you days. have got one. 
let's put it against my that. record. I've only got one out of all of the ones. You still rinse me on that crew Alexandra round. So yeah, right. I know. I was, I was, I'm patting myself on the back about it. <laughs> um, but guys, thank you for joining us. I do need to go uh, because I am getting worried. Um, so thank you for joining us. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Italian Anglo Pod, on Instagram at Anglo Italian Pod, on TikTok at, uh, at Anglo Italian Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, you can join us on Monday evenings from half past eight UK time, half past nine Central European time for our live streams, reviewing all the week weekend's action we would love to see you there it'll be on youtube on twitter all sorts of places um adam anything to say before i send these lovely people off to enjoy the rest of their weekend no enjoy there's going to be some good games we didn't get the chance to go through it but i'm sure we'll put on the social so please keep a note of all the games across the premier league and Serie A. beautiful and we are ending with a quote about yours and our favorite italian manager roberto de zerbi Courtesy of Adam Lalana, the manager. I don't know how he does it. The prep for every game. He will have his Italian coaches around his house, the chef cooking food, watching games. It's his life. His family are in Italy and he sacrifices so much. He puts everything into it. It is not luck. I will tell you that. He is obsessed. Puffing on those cigarettes. No wonder he's a different breed. We love you, Roberto. And we love you guys. We will see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Podcast Network.